Hi, everyone calls me Rasputin, but you can call me Raz. And I'm here to welcome you to the Xbox Unlocked podcast, the world's number one Xbox podcast. Welcome, everybody, to the 511th episode of Podcast Unlocked, IGN's weekly Xbox show. This one is for September 14th, 2021. As always, I'm joined by Miranda Sanchez. Hello, Miranda. Hi, hello. Welcome on in, everyone. And uh, welcome King Phoenix joining us. He is a Twitch streamer. He is an Xbox ambassador. Welcome. Thanks so much for being with us. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so honored to be here with both of you. Oh, it's uh, the feelings mutual. I was telling you before we got on, I saw you on Level 1 Gaming's Black Men in Gaming stream, which was fantastic. Uh, I just really appreciated that conversation. I thought, I got to follow this gentleman, get him on here. <laughs> and you are an Xbox ambassador. So that's, I mean, that's where we got to start. Since a lot of the unlocked audience may not know you, uh, and, and Miranda and I are just getting to know you, what is your sort of personal history and background with Xbox? Ooh, so my personal history with Xbox, I remember I was in 10th grade. Oh my God, this is dating myself. But I was in 10th grade when the original console launched and I was like, I want a PlayStation 2 and it was just sold out. So we couldn't find it. So my mom came home from Funko Land at the time yes. and with this box and I'm like, what is this? This isn't a PlayStation 2. <laughs> and it came with this indie game called Halo Combat Evolved. <laughs> and I remember plugging it into the TV and just fell in love with it. And just i say it all the time i think halo i was a gamer since the original nes but i think halo is the game that made me fall in love with this industry and i have been riding with microsoft and the xbox brand since for 20 years now at this point almost yeah. so that's my history with xbox at this point oh i love that that's such a great story you're an you're an accidental xbox gamer but then it, but it's <laughs> yes. completely worked out for you and and I'm sure your story is not, uh, you're not the only one that, that just fell in love with Halo and, and haven't looked back on Xbox ever since. So, uh, all right, how about, how about um, give me a quick, like, three or five of your just favorite Xbox games over the 20 years. So Xbox 360, Ooh. Xbox One now. What comes to mind, like, just right off the top of your head? KOTOR. Uh, I would say Banjo-Kazooie. On the 360, I would definitely say Halo and or Halo 2 was the most memorable for me. So I think that's three. Um, I would then say the year that gaming was ex extraordinarily amazing was 2007 when uh, we got Halo 3 and Bioshock and all those great titles that year. And I would say the first Mass Effect. Nice. First Mass Effect just blew my mind away with what it was doing and it rich storytelling. Oh, that's a that's a. I can't argue with any of that. That is a phenomenal answer. So are you Matt, are you a Mass Effect 1 or Mass Effect 2 fan in the end? Like which is your favorite of the of the trilogy? Mass Effect 2 hands down. 2. It's many people that's that seems to be the most common answer, Mass Effect 2. Well, lots of great stuff. You love role-playing games and specifically you cited two games from BioWare. We're going to talk about one of those right now, in fact. Uh so there is that is the big the, the big Xbox news of the week and I hope I hope none of the commenters get mad at me, but it's like, we're going to talk about <laughs> the PlayStation showcase, but specifically because of the Xbox implication of one of those particular announcements that Phoenix just hinted at. And that is Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic. So rumors have been swirling for some time that there was a new KOTOR project going on uh, and specifically from Aspire, 
Was it going to be a KOTOR 3? What was it? Well, it is a from-the-ground-up, full-on remake of Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic, uh, similar to the ground-up remakes that Capcom has had a lot of success with, with Resident Evil 2 and Resident Evil 3. Uh, it is not a remaster. This is a full, like, they are starting over remaking the game. And we have, uh, but, but the news is, this not only debuted at the PlayStation Showcase last week, which was basically PlayStation's E3, because they never, they didn't participate in E3 and hadn't done a stream since. It's a timed exclusive. It'll launch on P PS5 and PC, and then Xbox will get it sometime later. So there's a lot to unpack here. I want to go to both Miranda and Phoenix, of course. But just before I do that, just a quick quote from Aspire and their lead producer, Ryan Treadwell, who says, We've assembled a prolific group of some of gaming's top RPG developers, including those with direct experience working on Star Wars games and video game remakes. Many of us previously worked at BioWare, with credits going back to the original KOTOR. To further bolster that, We've added some amazing developers from games like Demon's Souls Remake and Ghosts of Tsushima, and our narrative team is fantastic with years of storytelling experience across Star Wars games and comics. We also have Jason Miner and Brad Prince on the team whose experience with the world characters and creatures of this universe is invaluable. And I'm excited to partner once again with Matt Berner, our lead gameplay designer. We worked together on Dragon Age Inquisition at Bioware, and we immediately fell back into our old rhythm. Well, Phoenix, I've got to go to you first. You mentioned KOTOR as one of your favorite Xbox games ever, which I would put on my list as well. What, there's a lot going on here. What is your initial reaction to A, a KOTOR remake, B, Aspire of all studios doing it, and C, that it is it has gone from a, an Xbox exclusive in 2003 to now a timed PlayStation exclusive in 2020, whatever this comes out? I think, uh, one, when I watched the showcase, um, I was excited. I was like, oh, Star Wars, Knights of the Old Republic. Yes, because I've been clamoring for one for years. And it's an exclusive uh, place for PlayStation and P well, PlayStation on the event. Um, while I own a PS5 as a Xbox fan, I was like, Ugh, okay, I, I want to play this on my Series X. You know, I want to play this on the, the monster that I have in front of my TV. But, um, I think Aspire has a tough mountain to climb with this. And I think um, on the consumer aspect of it, for people like me who grew up with this game, I think they have they have to show me very much why I'm going to reinvest into this franchise. Um, because it's it's kind of like, let's say you give me the keys to the kingdom to go and make a perfect dark game, and I have to build a, a studio, for instance, to make this game. These are tough shoes to fill and I, I, I don't envy them, but I just hope that they're very transparent with consumers about the process, what we can expect and showing things when they're ready to show. That's my hope and dreams for it. Yeah, I mean, I do appreciate to that exact great point. They are kind of they know that everybody has reasonable doubt about Aspire. Because if you look at Aspire's history, in fact, I think Miranda, you've got it in front of you, right? Like what, yes, I do. what these guys have done, right? It's uh, it's nothing to this caliber. No, really what they've done so, so far is sort of work as a support studio to help other games get to other platforms. So for instance, they'll you know port some things to mobile or help some things, uh, they helped a Ruby game get to Switch. 
like they're not really going in and developing games from the ground up. They're just helping and facilitating these transfers of games to other platforms. So it's a little, I guess I could understand like concern of like, hey, you guys don't really make a lot of games and you have like this huge game in front of you now. Um, that being said, they have worked on at least on their most recent like our titles page, three Star Wars games. So they do have a relationship with like Lucas and Disney. And so they have experience with that. And I think uh, to your point, Ryan, that's why, you know, the producer from Aspire was saying, hey, we have these people involved, like we're going to do our best. And, and just trying to hopefully, I think, quell some of those worries about like this this studio that hasn't historically just made a lot of games um, on their own, saying that we can do this. Obviously, like having any experience at a studio and uh, I'm sure like getting, you know, a game to another platform is no small feat like I, I don't know i've backed plenty of kickstarter games in my time like just smaller things so like we're trying to get it on the switch but you know it takes a lot of work it's not just copying the code and saying we're good <laughs> change the file name um uh, so there there is stuff involved there so you know this team I, I think to your point to phoenix is that they need to show like hey what what do you guys have envisioned here for this game like how are you gonna you know put your best step forward with this and i think the first I guess, gameplay trailer or whatever they have eventually is going to be really important. Yeah, uh, Miranda, yeah, you mentioned so their their recent work. I know off the top of my head, I think you've got it there, but it's uh, they did that Republic Commando port, mm -hmm. which I think, did did that come to Xbox or was that, I think something in my brain says that was actually only PC and PlayStation, but It says PlayStation to... and Switch on here. And Switch, okay, that's a very odd omission to, to leave Xbox out <laughs> yeah, of that, but okay. <laughs> Um, but because that was a really beloved Xbox. I mean, that was that was multi-platform at the time, PS2 and, and Xbox. But uh, and then they also did not Star Wars, but they did. A, they brought Stubbs the Zombie, which is the definition of a cult classic original Xbox game. They brought that back just with, you know, pretty much as is no real work done to it. Now, uh, yeah. So, Miranda, what are your thoughts on this as, overall? I know you, you said you have not played this game at all. So whenever this comes around, it'll be your first experience with KOTOR. So, you know, you've, you've heard the reputation precedes this game, you know, you know, it's a, it's a, let's just call them inexperienced studio in the sense of a ground up AAA project. How are you feeling about this announcement and the fact that it's PlayStation timed exclusive? Uh, I'm curious. First off, I was like, yay, Ryan, <laughs> I'm so happy for you. And I hope it turns out to be real swell. Uh, we'll we'll see. I guess I'm I'm more grateful that I'll have a chance to play it, just because I know people love this game so much, and obviously it's going to be a remix. It'll be different, um, but I think hopefully I'll still get a similar but updated experience that everyone loves, and that's just that's just what I'm holding on to. Um, I have thought about going to the original Knights of the Royal Republic, but that I've been kind of warned against maybe doing that because it's a little, uh, it's, it's really dated in some ways, is what I've heard. Uh, so we'll see. I'm curious as far as it being a uh, playstation limited time exclusive we're just seeing so much of that right now and usually when it's like it's on pc it's like oh I, I don't know like i have a ps5 and i play things on there too sometimes i still have the same issue whereas i don't love the controller i've i've harped on this before i just have small hands the dual shock is just it's just the way it's designed it's not good for my hand like my thumbs don't reach that well over and it's like my hands start hurting after a while. Anyway, I'm like, can you make a kid's controller, please? <laughs> um, anyway, it's it's very silly. But so sometimes when I have the options, like, okay, well, I could just go play on my PC and like plug in my Xbox controller and have exactly. a great time. 
So maybe I'll just do that instead. <laughs> um, and just kind of keeping my PS5 for the Sony exclusives. But I don't know. We'll see. I think it kind of depends on how I feel and like where I want to play. Because that's also ends up being a big thing. It's like, do I want to be at this desk all day? I don't know. Then I could just yeah. take it to my TV. <laughs> well, this um, is a... Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Oh, no. But yeah, I was just going to say, yeah, I mean, I'm not in any rush. So maybe I'll just wait till it comes out on Xbox. Who can say? This is a 40 plus hour role playing game uh, that is renowned for its story and its characters like HK 47. Uh, Phoenix, are you are you a light side guy or a dark side guy for KOTOR? Oh, I'm the dark side all the way, all the way. You know, yes, you and I I are going to get along great. You know, I always say bad guys have more fun. (laughs) That's the best way to put it. (laughs) (laughs) If you're not watching, I'm I'm in the middle screen today, and yeah, I'm always I like to play the good person. It so, uh, and Phoenix, you can remember as well. I mean, this this was one of the first games to really support in a story way, like actually support your choices in uh in being good or bad like there there have been other games over the years where you could do bad things like kill an npc or whatever but nothing would actually happen but this game you you could speak you'd become evil incarnate right it was like it, it and things would change based on how you behaved yeah and i think that was the beauty of it because i mean I grew up on the back end of Star Wars. It would come on like Saturday afternoons. Um, so I would always be like, oh, Darth Vader is so cool. And I, I loved Luke and Han, obviously, but I always was just drawn to Darth Vader. I'm like, oh my gosh, there should be a Star Wars game. And then KOTOR came out and I was like, wait a minute, I can be bad? Oh, this is going to be awesome. <laughs> so I'm excited to do that all over again. So uh, 2003 was the original. That means we're going to be looking at 20 years roughly between the original and the remake because there is no release date given for the kotor remake but i mean it's announced in fall of 2021 fall of 2023 is probably the soonest we'd see it and the reason i say that is because if it were coming sooner than that like say fall of 2022 they probably would have at least said 2022 in the trailer they did not do that um Actually, let me go back to Phoenix here, since since you and I are the, the two that have played this previously. Uh, Phoenix, what what do you think? I, I want to ask you about story and gameplay. Uh, we'll start with gameplay, because this is KOTOR was a, a turn based game, uh, sort of a cleverly disguised one, but still turn based where you'd you know, you'd stack up and queue up your attacks for your party members and then let it let it rip and see, you know, see how the battle plays out. Do you think they'll keep that for a full-on remake, or do you think the, the tastes of, of the audience have changed and they're going to need to figure out a way to make this more of a real-time combat experience? I think that the tastes have changed, and Final Fantasy, and I'll use that as an example, Final Fantasy has been a turn-based game for God knows how long, but when they did the remake for 7, that turned into an action style, and I would love to see them go down that road um, just will it work because again it's kind of the studio again has to prove themselves but i would love to see them go down the action rpg road in my personal opinion and as far as story you i think you kind of have to update it for the times um because a lot of times back then i don't think we were in a place with gaming or media in general where things 
kind of have a darker tone. And I think depending on the path that you choose, if you go down the dark side of the forest or the dark side, then I think it should have a darker tone to the game and obviously opposite on the spectrum for the light side. And then how about uh, the other point before I get Miranda's take on this? The idea of this uh, becoming canon now, because we we know that in the post-Disney era of Star Wars, everything is supposed to be canon. KOTOR came way before. It's also, it was set 4,000 years before. <laughs> so how, do you think we'll get, I mean, it, it has to be canonized, right? Just to fit in everything. And do you think they'll, they'll make any substantial changes to the story as a result of that? that sort of having to adhere to the canon and the Star Wars story Bible? I think they would probably have to make some changes, but then that's where I think there has to be a collaborative effort from Lucasfilm uh, and uh, Aspire. And, I, and as soon as I think of Lucasfilm now, I think of Dave Filoni and John Favreau. So if they have that collaborative effort between the two, they could easily make craft a story and make it fit into the canon because if they were to... If this is considered canon, I would love and pray to the Disney gods <laughs> that there is some form of a KOTOR show in the works or at least a string of films that this could lead into eventually. Oh, that'd be amazing. Yeah, that's uh... now, Miranda, I before this, I would have said, well, the statute of limitations is up on KOTOR. If it gets spoiled for you, whatever, it's been 17 years. But now I feel like this, the, the statute of limitations goes back into effect and it's critical that nobody, including yourself, that hasn't played it, that you can't have it ruined for you because there is, and we don't know how the story will change, but presumably if it stays remotely the same, you will not want this story ruined for you, Miranda. Okay, no one ruin it for me, please. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't ruin Mass Effect for anybody. Please don't ruin this for me. <laughs> Same um, development team, by the way, Mass Effect yeah, and KOTOR, yeah. same that's, team. That's got me very excited for it. Um, I will say, too, on the point of it being canon, uh, I mean, I'm assuming that's why they're kind of touching on their narrative developers. So, like, even though this is a remake, like, it was probably going to have, like, a similar story, I would assume. Um, they do have to make sure, like, to Phoenix's point, that it needs to be updated and make sure that it, it fits. Uh, Star Wars canon gets kind of wild in the books. Like, I had a friend, I forget what it was called. Uh, there's a compilation of stories of side characters from Star Wars, and they get real weird in like how they try to make people, um, I guess, really important throughout Star Wars history. And so I think this being set so far ahead will lay groundwork nicely for what we have in Star Wars. But I feel like because it is so far back in the past that you're going to get a lot of space to play with that canon. Like, I think they're going to be able to set up a lot of cool stuff there and not have to hopefully worry too much about um, the Star Wars lore gods coming in and being like, hey, can't do that. So we'll see. We'll see. Yeah, I guess if it's still, if they keep it set thousands of years before the films, that should hopefully help steer it clear of any potential narrative conflicts. But now, <laughs> Phoenix, now I'm just coming back to... I'm getting excited in my brain about a Disney Plus show now that you've like planted the seed of like, <laughs> oh, this could totally morph into a whole other thing because that could be that would be that could be like the big new Disney show in three to five years from now. It would be cool. So, yeah, we'll see what happens there. I, the last point I want to make on this project, because we've again, there is a lot. I mean, this is 
this is a game that we've all wanted for a long time. It's it's been 20 years. Uh, this is one of the best role playing games and of all time, and arguably the best Star Wars game of all time. You can make the case for a couple of different games, Jedi Knight, even Jedi Knight Two. Um, there there are a few. There's a few candidates on the short list for me. This is number one, and it's not close. Uh, Phoenix. The other factor here with Aspire being a studio that doesn't have a history of developing their own large-scale projects, what engine is this thing going to use? Because it's not like Aspire is a studio, you know, like an id software or somebody that has their own tech in-house that they've, you know, built and iterated on and developed. So presumably they're going to have to license an, uh, one of the major engines to build this thing off of, right? I would assume so. And if Sony hypothetically is footing the bill, we don't know who's footing the bill. I'm just going to say that Sony's doing it. Um, I think of one of their world-class developers, Insomniac, stepping in and saying, hey, use one of our engines that we use for Miles Morales because that game looked pretty. So um, I think that Sony should enlist one of their studios that actually has a really pretty engine at least to help them out that's just right. my opinion on that yeah i mean not unlike kojima used the horizon uh don't I, I can't remember the name of the tech right now off the top of my head but for uh for death stranding they borrowed that of course that was all you know first party sony in-house yeah i mean you may very well be right but we do know this is going to come to xbox at some point and it's not to say that insomniac's tech wouldn't run on an xbox but yeah i i wonder i mean my default guess would be unreal engine 5 is is what they'll go to because we know it's pretty we know it's flexible it's got a physics system built in it's got uh, all kinds of stuff built in so that that's added to the list of questions that we have about this project <laughs> moving forward but but yeah uh i'm definitely excited about this it is just sort of a strange cosmic full circle of weirdness that it started life in 2003 as an xbox exclusive and it's coming back as a PlayStation exclusive 20 years later. But yeah, like Miranda, I'll play it on either PC or my PS5. It's fine. Hopefully by the time this game comes out, there will be enough Xboxes and PlayStation 5s for everybody to buy that <laughs> wants one. Um, but yeah, it's uh, the question. I guess the, the other I, question number 632 is how long is the exclusivity period? Is it a year? That would probably be my default assumption, uh, given that that's at least that's what it's been with the Bethesda deal, uh, the, the pre-Xbox acquisition deals for Deathloop and Ghostwire Tokyo. Will it be less? Uh, supposedly, Final Fantasy VII Remake, as Phoenix was talking about, uh, that was supposedly a year, but it's been way more than a year and it's still not on Xbox. So who the heck knows uh, when Xbox is going to get this thing? But I am glad. It's getting made, and Xbox will get it eventually. Uh, next up, Halo. Time to talk Halo again. I mean, we're getting to the point where we're probably going to be talking about Halo every week for quite a while, which makes me so happy that we finally reached that point. And so uh, the news this week is the next Halo Infinite multiplayer flight. The next preview weekend is going to be September 24, 343 saying, all fully registered Halo Insider profiles as of September 13th, that's uh, already come and gone, by the way, so I hope you already signed up from last time, are eligible to participate. Now, as to what's going to be in it this time, 
343's community lead, Brian Gerard, says bots will be back with some improvements. Academy will return with, uh, will return some updates and the addition of training mode. And here's the big fun part. There will be a much bigger focus on arena PvP this time, including a new map and some objective modes. Big team battle is also on the menu. Miranda, I see both of you applauding this, which uh, I, we're gonna, let's, so let's dig in here. Miranda, I'll start with you. Uh, what of those objective modes, what's your favorite Halo objective mode that you're hoping maybe will sneak into this multiplayer preview? To be honest, I just like Slayer. <laughs> <laughs> I know it's not very exciting, but I'm just like, just let me go. I want to, or Capture the Flag's fun too. I, yeah. I just, I, I'm pretty much down for anything. Um, Honestly, I'm just really excited to see Academy back, which may sound like the most boring of the things you can check out, but as that's something new, and I did feel like I got so much out of it the first time, I'm curious to see how they're going to build upon that, whether it's just through the updates or like, you know, the additional training mode. Uh, because I do believe like if you want to be good at shooters, you have to practice, like you have to have a lot of time in it. And Academy felt like a good way for me to like reacquaint myself with some old techniques or um, so quick reaction time things. My little cat's being you know, weird today. Uh, sorry. She, um, and so having that mode kind of expand in this, you get to see what that's going to offer is really exciting for me because if, if you do want to get better and you don't necessarily have all the time or want to just sit with the frustration of learning on the field with people or bots this time, uh, you can just go to the academy and, and see what's up and, and get to learn and learn to love new weapons. That's been a good thing for me too. Yeah, but without your KDR taking a huge hit in real games. <laughs> uh, Phoenix, you were you were gleefully applauding this as well. Did you have a chance to play the first preview? I did. I did. Um, I okay. So uh, shamefully, I got into the game, and after the first game, like I'm sitting here playing, I'm like, "What is this rolling down my face?" And it was literally a tear coming down my eyes because. It felt like Halo. You know what I mean? It this I am so incredibly happy for 343 because this felt like the natural successor to Halo 3 for me. Um I, I I'm just excited to get into some capture the flag. Um oddball, like my God, you name it. Big team battle is always just chaos on wheels, as I call it. And it's just so much fun. And I I Every time we talk about this game, even with my friends and we nerd out over it, I'm so happy Halo is back. And this is something that I think the world is ready for. I'm ready for the king of the hill, as I've called this game plenty of times before. This is, to me, the king of multiplayers, in my personal opinion. And it's their return to form for me. I you see you're 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 now psyching me up to do this because uh <laughs> I I did not get a chance to play in the first preview. I happened to be at, I was I left town for for a trip the day it started. So, I can't wait and I've just been hearing nothing but good things not just from the unlocked panel but but from the gaming community, from the Xbox community as well. And and I'm psyched. I mean, I'm glad you said oddball cuz that's uh that's probably my favorite of the uh, objective game types. Man, I, I love CTF at heart as well. I mean, who doesn't love Blood Gulch, CTF, uh, all vehicles on, going all the way back? But yeah, Oddball is just there's there's <laughs> nothing better than 
just getting in and, and punching somebody with the skull for that one hit kill to hang on to it for a little longer. <laughs> um, I can't wait to see this. And and the fact that big team battle is in this, because uh, that's been the thing for me. That's probably the one weakness, I would say, of Halo 5 multiplayer. and What was otherwise a phenomenal multiplayer suite in Halo 5 um, was it just it did not. At least early on, didn't focus on big team. And three four three has been very clear. They're they're returning to to focus on big team for uh, for Halo Infinite. So, and and we know we're going to have this giant Halo ring to play with. I mean, that's in single player, but I imagine the multiplayer maps will take a lot of inspiration from that too. So, uh, yeah, I'm psyched for. I'm going to be glued to this uh, starting on September 24th, which is four days after my birthday. So, a little belated birthday present for me. Which you're I'm a Virgo. For. In fact, you just had a birthday, Phoenix. So happy, happy birthday to you. Yeah, <laughs> you just banged you. you by a week or two. Here, yeah. <laughs> Thank you so much. Yeah, everybody's. It's uh, those, those uh, it's all of us fall, late summer, early fall. Uh, Got to stick together. <laughs> um, what was the last point I wanted to make on this? Ah, do either of you think? I'll start with Miranda first. So the first test. First flight was late, late, late July. This one's late September. Miranda, do you think we'll get one more before launch in early December, or do you think this might be it? I hope so, because <laughs> I want to keep playing it. I'm still so sad that it's not till December, because it's like, whenever fall rolls in, I need like that shooter fix, and right now, nothing is doing it for me. Like I don't, I'm not really a Battlefield person. The new Call of Duty, I, I had my time with that. I was like, mm. Not, not feeling it. Uh, <laughs> we talked so, about that last week, yeah. Yeah, I was just like, can I just play more Halo? <laughs> um, so I really do hope we get one more round. Um, and I think that would maybe even just having it be more open and not just the Halo Insider folks. Because, you know, with this, they're trying to go free to play. They're trying to be like, hey, you're on, you're on PC, you're on Xbox, you can play. You don't need anything, just jump on in. Uh, and I think having it be even more open for that final step would be a good introduction to other people. Granted, it will still be a beta. It'll be pre-launch. So they'll have to, you know, you know, I guess message that pretty heavily. But people understand that. People play early access and alphas and all these sorts of things all the time. So it's expected. And what we played last time, obviously, there's a lot of like technical issues and like we're flashing and stuff. But we knew that going in. We're like, I don't care. I just want to play. Uh, and still had a blast like this game works phenomenally well and i cannot wait to get back into it and i hope that we can have more people have another chance again later this year phoenix what do you think uh one more after this you think they'll squeeze in a last second like mega stress test or do you think this might be it i'm gonna be the oddball here no pun intended i think they go for two i think they launch one kind of before call of duty and then kind of one closer to launch where you open the floodgates and you stress test the servers because I don't personally believe at launch this game can have no hiccups in terms of getting access into multiplayer, getting access into matchmaking, and just this has to have a smooth as possible launch. So I think, and I know nothing about nothing, I believe, I believe it might be too. I hope you're right. but And, and you make a lot of sense, really. I mean, it's... Uh... I do think there will definitely be at least one more for a final because you hit the nail on the head. Like we all know that three, four, three, they're, they're reputationally their backs are against the wall with this game. Like it's, it's been a long, difficult road with, with, uh, 
I mean, not just Halo Infinite. I mean, Halo 5, we've talked ad nauseum about the, the campaign and how that was disappointing. And and this is a studio that is, you know, they're really fighting to establish themselves as a great studio that can make a, a phenomenal all-around Halo game. And you're right, like, they they can't afford any major technical mishaps that's got to launch as cleanly as possible. And, uh, yeah, I think it makes a lot of sense to slam the servers as absolutely hard as possible, like probably just opening, effectively launching the game for a weekend and then closing the game back down uh, before, you know, to implement any any fixes and changes that they see. But I wonder if they might do that over like Black Friday, you know, because then that's like oh, two yeah. weeks before launch at that point, roughly. And and uh, I mean, I, I don't wish I don't want them all to have to work over the Thanksgiving weekend. That's not <laughs> right. You know, I'm not wishing that upon them, but that could be a time where everybody's home. Everybody's, you know, ready to just hammer on the game for a while. So we shall see. But yeah, I'm I'm super excited about this and I can't wait to play it. I mean, it's it's uh, you're right, though, Phoenix, it's there's just something about Halo. It's like the weird magical combination of the time to kill and the weapons and the maps and the the, the player movement speed and the how way jump like just the and the vehicles and how they integrate. It's just the feel of everything. It's all just turned into this Halo soup that I don't think. If you tried to reverse engineer Halo and like build another game, just like I don't know if you could. I think it would be really, really difficult to to reverse engineer Halo at this point. So here we go, September twenty fourth. Mark your calendars. Uh, next this week, we've got new updates to your Xbox app on Windows ten Ds that will let you stream games to your PC from the console uh, or from the cloud. So Phoenix, have you used the xCloud, the cloud play stuff at all? Have you tested any of that yet? I did. I have the what is that called? The backbone, jawbone yes, thing that you hook up to one. your yeah. Okay, the one Destin <laughs> they, can't get because no one likes it. <laughs> <laughs> um, shout out to Destin, by the way. Um, no, I, I absolutely love it because I remember when we went to go see Shang Chi. I'm literally just sitting here in the movie theater, just playing on this thing, and I'm. My, a friend of mine was like, how are you playing your Xbox on your phone? And I was like, funny, you should say that. And then I went down the spiel, but <laughs> I love it. You know what? I, and I, I just think this is a way for them to test that. I don't want to be shoot myself in the foot here, but I think it's a way for them to test this type of technology because I personally believe Game Pass is coming to an app on my OLED. I believe Game Pass is coming to an app on my Apple TV right. and this is just a way to test that. So I'm anxious. I'm very excited to try this out. Uh, Miranda, is this, will, will this be relevant to you streaming from the, from your PC to either the phone or the console? Will you make use of this particular update? No. <laughs> I wish I would, but I don't. I don't know. I'm just. I'm just here. My Xbox is right over there, waiting yeah. for me. Or I have, you know, everything downloaded on my PC already. I have the space. I don't need to stream it. So yeah, that's I, kind I of where I'm at. I could try it. Pro it's probably going to be most useful for multi-gamer households. I would yeah. suspect where you know you somebody's using the TV, using and potentially the console itself, and you know just fire up the Xbox app. Uh, and you can either play on PC or or play on a you know a mobile device. 
in, an, in anywhere in the play in, the, in your house. Right. I do remember those days when I was just like, but it's my turn for the Xbox. <laughs> yes. get, out, get out of the way, little brother or sisters. One of them. <laughs> Screaming for your mom. He, he's taking up the TV. No, I was the oldest, so I was like, get off. <laughs> just kidding, just kidding. I had to share. <laughs> oh, that's great. Don't you have a twin sister? So aren't you only a couple minutes older? One minute, yes. Also, she watches. Hi, Sarah. I love you. Um, so, yeah, she got Game Pass. And she's like, I have to watch your show now so I can know what, to, what you're talking about and so I can play more games. And I was like, oh, I'm so proud of you. Um, but yeah, that just means that I have to, you know, push back on everyone to get your game time, but that's not a problem anymore. Uh, however, exactly to your point, Ryan, that is such a huge part of this. And I think that was like a big selling point of the switch too, right? Like you could play a duck or you could like, you know, take it to the couch or be out and about with it. And Microsoft is finding a way to do that. Cause I, I find like a lot of people ask, Hey, do you think Microsoft would ever make a handheld? What about places? You think they're gonna make a handheld? I'm like, Oh, and I think Microsoft has just taken such a smart approach of just, Hey, you guys already have this kick-ass technology. What if you just use that also to play our games? Cool. And so it's just a smart approach. Yeah. And the nice part is the next step after this presumably will be what they've been talking about uh, back at E3 streaming from the, the servers from xCloud to the console, meaning, uh, you know, playing Xbox Series X games like Flight Simulator on an Xbox One via yep. streaming. That's presumably the next step they were. They've told us that's going to be launching in the fall, which is, I mean, technically fall starts in one week from now, technically. So right. that is uh, <laughs> that is the next step. And that's going to be a big, big step for a lot of people. Uh, again, considering that no one can get a Series X on store in stores. They are just they continue yep. to be very difficult to come by. I will say. One thing that's very nice about them testing all this now is that once it's a little bit safer for us to travel and be out and about more regularly, uh, we'll be ready to have Xbox games with us wherever we go. Those long family vacations, just pull out your phone. It's like, I don't, I didn't bring my whatever, whatever, whatever things you usually bring because it's harder to pack, but you still have your phone and you can play an Xbox game. Yes. Yes. Well said. Well said. Exactly right. Uh, one more news story for this week. And they it involves a, a number of release dates, but I want to focus specifically on Grand Theft Auto V, the next gen version that was due out in November in just two months time, has been pushed back to March of 2022. Uh, it's there was a new trailer at the PlayStation Showcase, but of course, this is coming day and date to Xbox Series X and S as well. They're still they're they're promising, you know, enhancements of some kind, but they have yet to detail still at this point what those those enhancements are uh for me i would hope and 60 frames per second would be probably the biggest quality of life upgrade they could make on the new consoles so we'll see if they do that but um i'm kind of curious are we did a story on ign uh sort of resourcing the community that are uh, uh phoenix are are you as are you tired of hearing about Grand Theft Auto Five in general, or are you super psyched for this uh, this next gen port? Where, where you stand with this? I I'm a bit of both. Um, I mean, I'm gonna get it because I have GTA Five on my Series X, but I'm kind of let's just get to it already. <laughs> you know, I, I feel like at this point GTA Three has been in my face since 2013 and i can't say i'm ready for gta 6 because i know that's a ways away but 
I'm kind of at this point, just let's talk about it when it's close to release at this point. Uh, I played on PC as well. So if we're not talking those kind of improvements in terms of graphic fidelity and things like that, let's just release it. (laughs) Yeah. Well, we know, I mean, games are tough, even, you know, even when they're just, they must be, they're clearly doing a number of things. If it's, if it's still not going to be out until March. Miranda, how about you? Where are you with this? I know, you know, Grand Theft Auto V is one of the biggest wikis on IGN, so I, I presume you have to keep up with the game. Are you uh, are you kind of t- tired of hearing about it, or are you eager to dive back in to uh, to Los Santos here? I actually want to go back, because I haven't played it since it came out. So I, I finished the game, and I, I played a little bit in GTA Online when it first launched, but that was when it was first launched. So... I'm down. I'm not really tired of hearing about it. I'm just kind of like, oh, yeah, we're just like everything else. We're getting an update. It's delayed. Checks out. I think uh, there's something else that's delayed this morning, too. Oh, yeah. Dying Light. We'll talk about that later. But yeah, yeah everything, like I said, I think in a previous show, too, every, everything that has released date, but it's not like a firm date and you don't, it doesn't have the pressure to come out immediately like Halo. Like there is pressure for Halo to come out versus a lot of other things that don't have that same pressure. That data is flexible. Don't 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 plan on it. Don't take any time off yet, okay? <laughs> <laughs> right. Don't book that. Don't get that. Uh, you know that doctor's sick note yet. Like you know the what was it? What was it? The Pete Hines would always do at a major Bethesda release. The like uh, uh, Dovahkiinitis or something when Skyrim <laughs> came out. I forget. There was something he put up on social that was fun back then. Mm-hmm. I remember but, that. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you, Miranda. I'm the same way. Where I, it's GTA Five's. I think it's one of the greatest games of all time. Uh, I would probably put it in my top 10, period. I think it's an, just an incredible accomplishment, design, tech, you name it. It's, it's, a, it's, an, it's a masterpiece. But I like you. I mean, the nature of our jobs is kind of such that we're always keeping up with the next thing, which I'm not complaining about. But like you, yeah, I haven't actually played through the whole thing since it came out in 2013. I guess... Because even when it came to Xbox One with the first-person mode, and obviously that would have pumped it up to 1080p as well, I only played a handful of hours with it there. So I do want to play it again. It's been long enough. I want to go back through. And same thing as you. I played at the launch of GTA Online when it was famously broken. Mm-hmm. And now it's this this incredible, just overflowing with content. There are flying DeLoreans in it. There's like... There's all kinds of crazy stuff in it that I'm going to be coming out with pretty fresh eyes. So I'm excited for this. Am I bummed it's pushed to March? Sure. But you know what? This fall, I'm going to be pretty busy with Halo, number one, come, <laughs> come early December. That's going to be my, my top priority, personally speaking. And uh, there's no shortage of other games to play this fall, too. So we'll see. Uh, we'll, the, the calendar, we'll, we now flip it to March. For, uh, for GTA 5 next gen. And finally, uh, just three more release dates. Miranda, you mentioned one of them. Dying Light 2 getting pushed back. Obviously, we don't mind, right? No. That's fine. <laughs> it's expected at this point. Um, yes, yeah, so that's going to be pushed from December to February 4th, 2022. So not that far. Uh, Feb- January and February are going to be busy. Like everything, or I guess it's like extended fall is how I see it. It's like, yeah, winter exists, but this is now just extended fall <laughs> because there's just so many big releases. We have like new Pokemon, obviously not an Xbox game, but that's big for me. Uh, and then plenty of other releases. So um, I'm fine with that. 
Like that's that's fine. Like again, like you said, Ryan, we're gonna be busy with Halo anyway in December, so that's cool. Phoenix, are you a are you a Dying Light fan? Are you looking forward to two? I played the first one. I really wasn't too big of a fan of it, but I'm not against giving it another try for a sequel. So yeah. them announcing a, a pushback, it's not like you both have said. It's not outside of uh, the realm of possibility because we're still in a pandemic you know i i expect everything that comes out this year to get pushed into next year so it wasn't a shock and i always will say if you need more time take more time well said well said and then uh the other couple of quick dates alan wake remastered which we talked about last week that is coming right up less than one month to go in fact three weeks from now october 5th for 30 bucks which is great to see i mean that's probably what i would have expected and hoped the price would be for you know, a a uh, the the Alan Wake glow up. It is not a full on remake of that game, but uh, thirty bucks there. That of course will be coming to Xbox One and the Series X and S. And then Tiny Tina's Wonderlands is dated for March twenty fifth. Miranda, to your exact point, Q one of twenty twenty two, basically just an extension of Q four twenty twenty one. So uh, if you are a Borderlands fan, looking forward to Tiny Tina's Wonderlands. Mark your calendar there, but as Phoenix wisely notes, mark it in pencil for March 25th, <laughs> 2022. Uh, all right, Phoenix, you you watch the show, you you know Unlocked, so you know that it's time for the Loot Box, uh, where we have we invite a listener to uh, video record themselves asking a, a general Xbox question for the panel. You post that on Twitter and then tag me. I'm at DMC underscore Ryan, so that uh, I will see it and can take note of it. Uh, and you may be featured on an upcoming episode just as Kurt from Pennsylvania is this week. And I'll let Kurt take it from here. What's up Unlock Crew? My name is Kurt and I'm from Pennsylvania. And I just finished Psychonauts 2 today and really, really enjoyed my time with it. Um, I thought the writing, the characters, the wordplay, just everything about it was a lot of fun. And throughout the game, I kept thinking, this team needs to make the next Banjo-Kazooie game. Um, I, I'm a huge fan of that franchise, particularly the two N64 games. Uh, I absolutely freaked out when they were put in Smash, had to get the Amiibo, of course. Um, and I was hoping, by being put in Smash, I was hoping there might be a revival coming. Doesn't seem to be the case, but either way, I'm still hopeful. Um, and so I'm just curious, so I'm going to toss to you guys, see what your thoughts are. Do you think, uh, would you like to see Double Fine make a Banjo-Kazooie game? Do you think it should stick with Rare? Do you think we may not ever see another game? You know, just what are your thoughts on that whole thing? Um, thanks for your time. You guys take care. Kurt, thank you very much. And again, we want to hear from you. Be a part of the loot box. Uh, record yourself, post on Twitter, tag me at DMC underscore Ryan. Well, let me go to, of course, Phoenix first, our esteemed guest. Double fine, Banjo. You mentioned Banjo as one of your favorite Xbox games of all time at the top of the show. What would you think? And or if if not double fine, who? Who should do it? Well, I wouldn't say Rare, because I think Rare, before they did Sea of Thieves, said that they were going to focus on new IPs, if I'm not mistaken. So could I see Double Fine doing it? Yes. Um, this is my first Double Fine game playing. I didn't play the original Psychonauts, and I didn't play Brutal Legend, I think it was the other one. So it would be an interesting take to see how they handled that. Um I also think Obsidian would probably do well doing a rare game as well. So, yeah. but I'm I'm all for I would I'm all for uh, double fine absolutely. 
Well, Miranda, uh, we did have Tim Schaefer on the last episode of 2020. I asked him that directly, and he gave a pretty clear answer that their next project was going to be their own thing, not a sequel, a new new idea. They're not going to be dipping into any other Microsoft IP. So sadly, Double Fine does seem to be out. But uh, maybe on that note, who should? Who, who would you like to see take the mantle of Banjo? Because we do all want Banjo to come back. You say that, but I'm one of the people who doesn't because I've never played it. <laughs> so <gasps> so I, sure, c come back. I know people love it a lot. It's just one of those games we didn't have growing up. And I was like, people like the, the bird and the bear. I like, right. I like birds and bears as well. Um, but I, I see why people would say Double Fine, just because I think the execution of Psychonauts is very reminiscent of those classic uh, 3D platformers adventures, and they just do it so, so, so well. Yeah. Um, in a way, I think a lot of other developers, maybe who put out a game this year, didn't do it in the same way for me, or were, wasn't as engaging the same way. Um, so I'm not sure who would be a great fit for that. So I apologize. I don't have a good answer for this one. But I am stoked that Double Fine wants to do their own thing next because they deserve it. And I want to see more original games from them because they rule. Yeah, I'm gonna, I'll give a completely insane and unrealistic answer. But uh, I, with something like Banjo specifically, I would love to see Phil Spencer pick up the phone to Nintendo because he's done it before. There is a there is a friendship there. Partner up and have it be a Come out, have it be a Switch Xbox dual exclusive and have Nintendo make it. Why not? They, they Nintendo's would. got the expertise. Yeah. Put it out on both platforms. Have it just be, you know, have it be on both. You know, Banjo's already in Smash. Why not? So that it'll probably never happen, but it's not completely out of the realm of possibility. So, uh, Kurt, thank you so much for sending your loot box question in and we'll do another one next week. Now. Uh, we've got just a couple minutes left. Unlock block trivia time. No pressure, Phoenix. Don't worry about it. You'll uh, you'll you'll just jump on the leaderboard or not. So no no need to feel any pressure. <laughs> sometimes guests get they feel a lot of pressure with this, and it's totally just for fun. Eric from California has submitted this week's unlock block trivia question, and it goes back. You've got the you've got your deep Xbox knowledge. We're going back to the Xbox 360 here, and specifically Splinter Cell, uh, which is a game near and just franchise near and dear to my heart. And Eric from California asks, which of the following vehicles was the promotional car in Splinter Cell Double Agent for the Xbox 360? You know, back then, promotional placement was kind of just a new thing in games. We talked about last week with Alan Wake, Energizer batteries and Verizon phones, <laughs> which by the way, are being removed uh, for the remaster, probably because probably because Remedy's not getting paid again. <laughs> but, you know, that, that deal's over. But uh, there was some interesting product placement of a car in Double Agent. So was that car a 2007 BMW 5 Series, a 2007 Chrysler 300, 2007 Acura TL, or a 2007 Dodge Charger? I'm not sure if you're a car guy. I, if if this uh, rings a bell, I will make you. I will say up front, I love Splinter Cell and Cars. I did not remember this at all. This is a heck of a trivia question from Eric, but I'll throw it your way here, Phoenix. What do you think? Oh God, 
I feel like it's either you wait a minute. You said it was a Chrysler, BMW, Dodge. or the Dodge Charger. Yeah. Two I'm imports, two domestics here. Yeah. I'm between between torn blur. I can't even speak. I'm torn between the Dodge and the Acura, but I'm going to say the Acura. Okay. Acura TL is you guess. Miranda, any thoughts here? You want to take a if if whether you remember this, if this sticks out, or you want to just take a shot? <laughs> uh, well, guess the Chrysler. I don't know. I don't know cars. That's okay. Yeah, I I probably... So uh, now that you've both locked in your answers, I, again, I don't remember this, even though I think I reviewed Double Agent for official Xbox magazine. I would have definitely narrowed it down to the American cars, either Chrysler or Dodge. Um, and in this case, I, I would have narrowed it correctly. Would I have picked the correct one in a coin flip? I'm not sure. But Miranda, you did guess the correct one. It was the Chrysler 300, which was a pretty, it was a hot new car at the time. That was a, and in fact, I don't know why they're not still making that, that car because it was uh, very well liked, the cool design, but. Miranda, great job. Thank Eric you. from California could not stump you. And that will pick, that will put you back in the lead here. I'm just pulling up the. Hey, Destin. Yeah, uh, <laughs> Destin's at home. I'm going to win. <laughs> on paternity leave. Miranda, eight points. Destin, seven. This so is my good chance. Job. I got to get ahead. I'm going to be out soon. And then he's going to get the points. I have to like, you know, bounce it up. I will say too, I did pick Amer I said, I don't know anything about cars. I did know which ones were the American cars. And I was like, BMW wouldn't do that. So I had, I was like, and the, tar the Dodge Charger seems a little aggressive. So, so a little yeah. big, but we'll see. But. Well done. Well done. So uh, if anybody else out there wants to send in an Xbox trivia question, you know what to do. Email unlocked at IGN.com. Please include the question four multiple choice answers and note the correct one in your email. And of course, identify yourself so that we can give you credit when we use your question on a future show. And with that, uh, we have come to the end of Unlocked 511. Phoenix, it's been great doing a show with you. Uh, I hope you'll come back. Now that the audience has fallen in love with you, we've had a great time <laughs> spending the last hour or so with you. Where can we follow you on social media, on Twitch? Give yourself a good, well-earned plug here. Okay, I'm going to try to pull my Roman Reigns uh, thing going here. Uh, no, uh, you can follow me on Twitter at KingPhoenix443. Uh, and then on Twitch under Phoenix443, I stream, I'm a variety streamer, uh, but my community loves me to stream horror games. And I'm the biggest chicken in the world. So, <laughs> yeah, but thank you both for having me on. I a dream come true as i said prior this is this is like the oscars for me so thank you so much for having me on i really appreciate it oh you are too kind and i feel very underdressed if this is the oscars all next time <laughs> next time i'll and that, yeah last night was the met gala we should have done our, our met gala episode wow. we all wear crazy crazy outfits can we do that sometime I'll we should it for us we'll play yeah we'll, we'll plan that for next year <laughs> so yes phoenix thank you so much miranda what are you up to Oh man, I'm doing a ton of guide stuff. Uh, be sure if you are having trouble with Tales of Arise or Psychonauts 2 or Deathloop, which I know is not on Xbox yet, but you know, maybe someday it's on PC. Um, we have guides for those and they are immensely helpful and I hope you will use them. Otherwise, I'm just streaming on Twitch like I usually do. Right now I'm playing Bioshock Infinite and I'm doing a lot of behind the scenes work. So please stay tuned to IGN for all your guides help. Thank you. 
Fantastic. And I, of course, am Ryan McCaffrey. I'm on Twitter at DMC underscore Ryan. I don't think I have anything super cool to talk about, like IGN work wise that, that I should that I can point you towards. But uh, that will be changing soon because again, Halo's coming up. We'll definitely have a ton of coverage on the uh, the next multiplayer flight. And I think that will about wrap it up. Uh, yeah, Deathloop coming to Xbox in a year. 10 out of 10 on IGN. Go watch the review on YouTube.com slash IGN or just on IGN.com. Um, yeah, the strange conversation on social media in the Xbox community about that one yesterday, at least on my feed. If you know, it, is it a bummer that Xbox fans won't be playing it for a year? Sure. But you should be pretty darn excited that it's a Microsoft made game that's a 10 that you will get to play in a year's time. So uh, congratulations to everybody at Arcane on a tremendous achievement with Deathloop. And that'll do it for Super Producer Red alongside King Phoenix and Miranda Sanchez. I'm Ryan McCaffrey. This was Unlocked 511, and we will see you back here next week.